You're listening to Incorporating Superpowers with the voice of reason, risk mitigation expert, and former counterintelligence agent, Justin Reckla. Get ready to rip apart the veil as we dismantle old school business and prepare for what comes next. Business will never be the same. Welcome back to Incorporating Superpowers. Today, we are going to be tackling um, well something that is just vital to to business, and that is well, that's the growth imperative. That's the the the, the fact that businesses have to grow. We it, grow or die, right? We can't remain stagnant in our business. When and my guest today, my guest today is has done a thing or two in this space. My guest today is Philip. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to hear Philip. Bowie Sue. That's very good. Uh, did I get it? All right. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. So Philip Bowie Sue, and, and folks, you're going to want to pay attention to this conversation because Philip's done a thing or two. Uh, one, he used to run Apple's Worldwide Internet Commerce Group, where he literally he managed the online Apple store and grew its revenue from zero to $350 million under Steve Jobs. And nowadays, that the Apple Store online generates over twenty-five billion dollars in, in revenue for that company. This is this is somebody that you're going to want to listen to. You're going to want to dive into his book. Uh, I know you've written a book called uh, "Aligning the Dots." Philip, first and foremost, welcome to the show. Thank you, Justin. It's a pleasure being with you today. So, so talk to me, Philip, about the 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 growth imperative. Why is it so important that businesses focus on growing their revenue? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, you said it, which is, you know, it's because it's vital. Um, I met with Bracken Darrell, the CEO of Logitech, a couple of years ago, and um, and he looked at me and he said, you know, Philip, there is only growth or death. And um, he's right. If a business is not growing, then it's on the path to become irrelevant. And in fact, there is no other way to create sustainable and real value than growing faster than the market in which the business operates. You have to beat the market. And um, and if you don't, then your competition will grow faster and they will uh, beat you and they will take away market share from you and you're going to become an irrelevant business and you are the risk of dying. And so that's why growth is really, really important. It, it's vital, as you said. I, I love it. I've been. I was sifting through your book, and, and you've got a um, you've got a, a, a little comic at the very beginning, and it, it's got uh, people having a board meeting and they're discussing it. And the CEO says, "You know, instead of risking anything new, let's play it safe to continue our slow declining our slow decline into op, uh, you know obsolete op, obsolescence. It's, it's 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 just that, right?" How much time and effort should a company be focusing on doing things new? Well, they have to do it all the time. And it's really, really hard. I mean, the status quo is so comfortable. And it's not in our human nature to to change and, and to want to do things differently. The problem is that if you don't, the market and your competition is definitely changing. They are adapting to new business models, new technologies, new innovation. And if you are not changing yourself, then um, they will grow faster. And again, you're going to become irrelevant. So change is critical. And at the same time, it's really, really hard for CEOs and and entrepreneurs and business leaders, but they have to do it. They have no choice. I I agree. This is 
You're listening to Incorporating Superpowers. We're talking about the growth imperative with my guest today, Philip Bouissou, who is just got some amazing information to share. I know you're doing a lot of work in the world, but we're going to dive down this rabbit hole and, and explore your book, explore the Blue Dot Partners and, and what you're bringing to the business world on the backside of this conversation. But before we do, where can uh, where can people go find more information about you? Well, they can go to uh, uh, aligningthedots.com, which is my own website. And they can also reach out to uh, bluedotspartners.com, uh, which is the firm that I'm managing about helping company grow faster. And of course, they can uh, connect with me on LinkedIn uh, at Philip Wissou. Uh, so either one of those three ways, you know, is, is a good way to reach out to me. Fantastic, folks. Stay with us because when we get back, we're going to explore this conversation of the growth imperative on the backside of this conversation and dive down some of the information that, that Philip's got to share with you and, and how you can start growing your business. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. The Superpower Experience goes way beyond the podcast. Listeners can connect with hosts and one another inside the Superpower Universe Plus membership. Members get access to high vibe connections, superpower masterclasses, and much, much more. Don't wait another moment to step into your superpowers. Go to superpowerexperts.com and sign up today. Welcome back to Incorporating Superpowers. My guest today is Philip Buisu, who's been, uh, well, he's done a thing or two in the world of the business and uh Blue Dot Partners, the company that you work with, Philip, is is working with businesses that that typically have a, a ten million dollar a year revenue and want to grow their bottom line. Uh, some of the things that I've I've seen and we've talked about briefly are just the, you, what your company is able to do, what you're able to do in helping assist these companies grow their revenue, and some of the things that you you've written in your book. What what are the things that you would suggest? business owners focus on for for growing their revenue well growing the top line in in my opinion is one of the greatest and most vexing challenges all entrepreneurs and business leaders and general managers and owners face um, and the traditional way of addressing that challenge, in my view, is just simply doesn't work. And the traditional way is to focus on, on sales, you know, blaming the sales team um, that, you know, we're not generating the revenue that we want to. And then the sales teams quickly blames marketing saying, well, we don't provide leads, you know, you know, you give me, you give me not high quality leads. So of course I can't close. And then the marketing guys come. And they say, well, the problem is we don't have the right product. It doesn't have that particular feature. And then the poor product guy comes and says, well, you know, you didn't give me the budget I asked for. I couldn't build it in exactly what I wanted to do. And this all circular finger-pointing approach to solving it just doesn't work. And the other issue is that it's not based on data. It's like it's a very emotional discussion that leads nowhere. And in, in my experience, it simply doesn't work. I, I've been on 21 boards as a board, as a director, and, and I've seen this movie so many times. And I just got tired of it. One day I said, there's got to be a better way. You can't just do it this way. And Ooh. in 2014, I got an epiphany, which was that the maximum growth rate of any business can only be achieved when that business is perfectly aligned with its target market. 
So it's fundamentally a function of alignment. If you think of a mechanical watch and you misalign one of the gears, then the watch will start to slow down and eventually will stop ticking. And in the same way, if you misalign your business with your target market, then your business will slow down and eventually stop ticking, becoming irrelevant or die. So it's fundamentally a problem of alignment. Then the next question is, okay, well, what does that really mean to align my business with my target market? And I came up with this notion that there are four fundamental axes of alignment between any business and its target market. And the remarkable thing is that those four axes are absolutely universal. It doesn't matter what the business does. So I can take a cafe on the left bank of Paris I can take your business, Justin. I can take Tesla, American Airlines, McDonald's, any business. It doesn't matter. Those four principles of alignment apply. Let me tell you very quickly what they are. The first one is that the pain of the customer and the claim that the business makes to address that pain have to be aligned. So, Justin, imagine you come to me with a headache and I give you a stomachache pill. You're going to say, well, wait a minute, you know, my pain is my head, not my stomach you will never buy my PL. That's the first axis. The second one is that the messaging, which is the expression of the claim, and the perception, which is the understanding of that claim, have to be aligned. So imagine I have a PL for your headache. It costs 99 cents. Your headache will be gone in 10 minutes. But I describe my PL and, and I describe it to you in Korean. I'm assuming you don't speak Korean. Then you would, I do not. Then you would look at me and you say, what the heck is this guy talking about? You will never get the pill because you don't even understand what I'm talking about, even though it's the perfect pill for your headache. That's the second axis. The third one is the way customers want to buy and the way prospects want to, and the way, and the, way the business is selling have to be aligned. So if I say, Justin, you can get my pill, but you have to come here. You know, I'm in Palo Alto in the Bay Area. You're going to say, well, wait a minute. You know, I'm in, I'm in Phoenix. Why can't I just walk to the pharmacy and buy your pill? And then the fourth axis, which is my favorite one, because I stole it out of the Apple playbook. So as, as you mentioned, I, I spent you know, three years at Apple, and the last year I worked directly for Steve Jobs. And by the way, I'll tell you a secret. If you ever wonder how I lost my hair, now you know why. <laughs> but there's, there are a few lessons I learned from Steve. And one of them, which I actually, ironically, I learned it after I left Apple. But I came to the realization that there is one and only one single business on this planet. I came to the realization that we're all in the same unique business. And that unique business is the manufacturing and delivery of delight. That's Ooh. what we are all about. That's the same, we're all doing the same thing. American Airlines, you, the cafe on the left bank in Paris, we're in the, that's the business world. We have to manufacture and we have to deliver delight. Yes. And so what happened is that the expected delight every time you buy a product or a service just before starting consuming that product or that service you have a certain delight expectation in your head as you go through the consumption of that product as you use that product that expectation has to be met so the fourth axis of alignment is the alignment between the expected delight and what's delivered by the company so the four axis of alignment are the pain and the claim have to be aligned Purchase and sale have to be aligned. Message and perception have to be aligned. And finally, expected delight and delivery have to be aligned. And I claim if you perfectly align your business along those four axes, you will grow as fast as possible within your target market. 
And that's really I, I, a new way to think about growth. I, abso- I absolutely love that. That is, that's a, one of the principles that we teach at Superpower Experts is all about congruency, mm-hmm. right? And in every of those four principles that you highlight, they're just that. You have to be congruent in your business, in your messaging, in what you des- what you deliver, how you deliver, who you deliver it to. Because today, it, it's super easy to get lost in the muck and mire of social media, to focus on wanting to sell just as much as you possibly can sell to make as much money for, for yourself. But businesses that that do that don't sustain they don't grow they die right we have to find a um we have to find that that common ground of creating businesses that generate win 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 opportunities because in doing such we're we're allowing the well one we're allowing the, the business the opportunity to grow we're bringing our employees into alignment and we're delivering the light to to our end user who when we then can build a relationship with and grow from there. I absolutely love these four principles that you you brought forth. I, I do want to examine the the, the 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 emotional piece that you that you brought forth here at the converse, at the beginning of the conversation of you know everybody wanting to do the finger pointing and so forth. What are what are, what are the what are some of the concepts that you bring forth to to help businesses you know, like overcome that that finger point and overcome that that emotional experience? How do you how do you bring a business into into alignment within themselves to move beyond that emotional reactive space? Yeah, that's that's a great question. The only way to do that is to have data speak. So the next step of these, those four alignments is to be able to measure the coefficient of alignment from zero to 100% along each of those four axes. And, and we've developed a number of tools. And in fact, I actually talk about some of them in my book. But the key was to be able to measure. Because if you don't measure, then you don't have this common understanding and common appreciation of the misalignments. And so once you, by measuring, you unhealth the insights of where are we misaligned and by how much. And then that conversation then turns into, okay, how do we fix that particular problem? And that is not an emotional conversation. This is a very concrete discussion. And then suddenly the emotion is out. There is no emotion. It's like, okay, you know, our coefficient alignment is 62.3%. Our goal is to get to 80%. There are three things we need to do. How are we going to address that as a team? And that becomes a very constructive discussion. And, and that's really how you get the emotion out. Ooh, I love that. It's, 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 it's focusing on what's real, right? Because the emotion, it's, right. Not that, it's, not, it's not that emotions aren't real. It's just that they're fleeting. Absolutely. And, and, and we, have to, we have to recognize that. And, and okay, let's address it. Awesome, cool. You got butt hurt. There's a little hurt feelings there. Let's identify it, move through it, but not make business decisions from that emotional place. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. And I think that's the key. And and if you don't have this common understanding of the measurements and the data, then it becomes purely speculative and emotional. And whoever has the loudest voice may win, as opposed to, we call that the market truth at Blue Dots, which is when we measure. We basically, this is what the market truth is. This is not me. This is not you. 
this is our customers and our prospects who are telling us, and this is how we measured it. Once you have that market truth, then it's a lot easier to fix because everybody sees the problem with the right lens. Mm, I, I like that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate here because on mm-hmm. the other side of that extreme, right, is then is then is it the is it the 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 opposite of that mean that that business is now becoming so data driven that we lose connection to the human aspects of our clients? How do you navigate that? Yeah, I, I, again, this is a great question. I think here is what I see in the marketplace. The problem is that it's very easy and inexpensive to accumulate all kinds of data. So people now put everything in memory, in storage. And I want to know, you know, every time my customer breathes, I want to record that. And we have companies and they have a tremendous amount of data. The problem is that it's the wrong data and it's irrelevant. So I I always tell people, I said, if you want to know that 62.3% of your customers uh, have a VP of sales with blue eyes, you know, do you care? And the answer is no, of course I don't. And so what happened is that you have to understand what is the key data that, that is really important and relevant and, and take all the noise out of that equation. And so the problem is, again, people are lost because they track and they record all kinds of data, but they don't really think it through and they don't understand what the data really means. And that's the problem we see. And that problem is exacerbated now, again, because it's very cheap and very easy to acquire that data and to store it. And, um, but people don't step back and say, well, wait a minute, why do we care about this data? Or what piece of data do we need to have that will really bring insights to us? And, and that, that process, that thought process just doesn't happen as often as it should. No, it doesn't. And it, it, it's, it's complex. And if you don't know how to navigate it, you don't know how to hold those containers for your own organization. Yeah. You know, it, it, it can be challenging at, at best. And I, I think some the points that you're making here are, are super, super important for the future of business. We have to find ways to be able to integrate that human experience, navigate not only our own business, the, the, the emotions of, that exist within our own our own business, but that of our, our clients as well. So we can reach them, serve them, and do better because it's really the only way businesses are going to grow. Philip, I, I absolutely love this conversation. I, I want to have you back on the show in the future and, and continue this conversation. Uh, th- there's a lot of information here, folks. This is not necessarily the, the easiest or simplest of processes when you've got years upon years of what you've been doing in the old spaces. If you want to grow and you want to move into the new space, it's going to take some learning. It's going to take some willing to lean into those that are doing doing this type of work. People like Philip. Uh, Philip, where can people go find more information about you? Well, they can find more information you know, uh, on, on my book, Aligning the Dots. They can go to the website, aligningthedots.com. And they can also go to bluedotspartners.com, uh, which is the firm that I'm managing to help company grow faster. Fantastic, folks. Go take a look at Aligning the Dots. Go pick up a copy of the book. Go to the website. Take a look and see what Philip is doing. This this is this is somebody that you have an opportunity to learn from. I mean, Apple Store is where it's at because of the work that he's done in that space. And there's going to be a lot that you're going to be able to glean for yourself and, and move yourself, move the needle forward, right? Move 
move that growth dot forward as you continue to build and grow into these these new the new future of business. Philip, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, uh, thank you, Justin, for having me. It was a treat. Thank you so much. Absolutely, folks. Until next time, go out there, incorporate your own superpowers so you can change the world. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.